Today on the podcast, Kyle goes through 10 tax saving strategies with a bonus strategy at the end, so also known as 11, uh, or ways for you to equip yourself to save money when it comes to taxes. We all hate paying taxes, whether it's a good year or bad, it sucks. We're going to break down the 10 ways that he utilizes in his business and personal life to help limit his tax deductible or liability um, to help him keep more of the money that he makes. That's this week on the Whistleway podcast. So Kyle, as we get to the end of the year, um, some people had great years, some people had not so great years, but regardless the year, there's there's one thing that I think everyone hates and it's taxes. Um, whether you had a great year and you have to pay a lot of taxes or you had a bad year and you still have to pay taxes on top of it, that sucks. I would love to talk today about a couple strategies that real estate agents or mortgage brokers or whoever's really listening can take advantage of before the end of the year to help uh, minimize what they actually have to pay taxes on. Cool. We can do that. <laughs> do the arm thing. There you go. <laughs> I did the arm awesome. thing. I'm ready yeah, to go. I'm excited. This is one I'm really, really passionate about. I feel... Um, like since the first year I wrote a six figure check to the government, I've never been the same person since then. Um, when you, you know, the beauty of this industry is when you close a deal, they give you a nice big check. The ugly side of it is they don't take any of the taxes out. And a lot of times if you've never had a job like this, you're not prepared for what happens when it's time to actually pay up to uncle Sam. And so I've really been on a mission, you know, for, a uh, number of years now to just figure out every which way possible to minimize the amount of taxes I have to pay to Uncle Sam because uh, I like to keep every dollar that I make. And I want to make sure what people can really easily do, and I say people, I say me, uh, is, hey, I'll buy this. It's a tax write-off. It's like free. And then it, you get to the end of the year and it's not free. It's just discounted. So let's make sure, I know you're going to talk about this, that we're not just saying buy a bunch of shit and then you'll be like, well, I, I had to pay zero taxes, but now I'm way more in debt. Um, so let's make sure we talk about that. And I know, first, let's let's clarify, you're not a CPA, you're not an accountant. This isn't tax advice. This is, I don't know what you can say, recommendation, but but check with your CPA, right? That's all legal mumbo jumbo. Um, but let, this is going to be fun and exciting. I don't think people are like, yay, taxes. <laughs> Uh, but I think they're like yay money, yeah. right? So let's let's do make this yay money. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Whistle Way podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question, you want to have us answer on the show, just go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, Join our private Facebook group and email newsletter. We share a lot of tips and tricks and get on our referral list for all the outbound referrals we have leave in California. Also, we have our uh, video content creation course on there called the Media Mayor Mastermind. You can get dialed in with that course if you really want to level up your content creation as we head into 2024. Yeah. So. All right, let's go. Let's talk about it. So okay, how many strategies use my do you phone. have? Um, I got 10 on here. Ooh. So we're going to go relatively quickly through okay. a lot of these because we our goal with the show is to give you everything you need in 30 minutes. So um, the first one, now the only negative with this one is it's too late to really have this be massively effective this year, but this is one that you absolutely have to do starting today, moving forward, and this will save you a ton of money in 2024. This is one of the biggest ones I wish 
everybody taught you. I wish they taught you this when you took the courses to pass your real estate license. I wish the broker made this a required thing, but none of them talk about this. When our agents join our team, this is the first day they ever talk to me. This is what I'm teaching them because it's that freaking important. And it is, you need to have an S corporation set up an S corporation. Um, alternatively, it could be an LLC and you can do an S election on it. Um, both accomplish the same things for tax purposes, but you absolutely have to have an S corporation. The reason for that is um, at the end of the day, you're going to have made X amount of dollars. Um, there's this thing called a, a QBI Trump put in place. Basically take however much money you netted, take 20% off of that. That's the number you're going to get taxed on. Don't worry, QBI. I don't know if it's going to stay around forever, but it's, it's not, it doesn't make a difference with an S corp without an S corp. So don't worry about it. Um, but let's just <laughs> assume, me, I don't know what that yeah, means. <laughs> don't worry about it a whole lot. Cause it's not the, the point of this one. Let's just assume at the end of the day, you ended up with a hundred thousand dollars in taxable income from your business after expenses, QBI, all the other stuff. So you have a hundred thousand dollars in taxable income. If you do not have an S corporation, you're going to take that hundred thousand dollars and you are going to pay a self-employment tax of 15.3% on that $100,000. That for, is at the business level. Is this California or all states? This is federal. Okay. So you're going to pay a 15.3% self-employment tax off the top. So $100,000, 15.3% is $15,300. Wow, your calculator's so fast. You're going to pay that. Alternatively, you can have an S-corporation set up. With an S-corporation, you could take that 100000 and split it into two buckets. One bucket is going to be a salary. You have to have a salary that's considered a, a reasonable salary for the position in the income level of the business. So if you had a $100,000 business, let's just say it's a $40,000 salary. You can talk to your CPA. You guys can play around with where that number is. If you had a business that net a million, could you do a $40,000 salary? Probably not. That's probably going to get flagged um, when you submit your return. So the um, salary needs to be a reasonable salary based on the profitability of the business. Talk to your CPA. You guys work on that number. For, and you want this number as low as possible. As low as possible without getting flagged. Correct. And you can't do $100 a, a week. That's not, that's correct. obviously not. So it's got to be a reasonable salary um, for the position and the income of the business. So work with your CPA. You guys come up with it for this uh, purpose. We're just going to go with $40,000 salary. That whole $40,000, you are going to get hit with that same 15.3%. So it's, let's just call it six grand. Okay. Um, the beauty is, though, the other $60,000, that's just going to pass directly through to you. And it's going to go around and bypass that 15.3% tax. Okay. So at the end of the day, if you had an S corporation, you paid about $6,000 in taxes at the uh, business level. And if you were a sole proprietor, you paid about $15,000. $9,000 delta or difference um, for those that didn't take college math. So $9,000 difference simply because you have an S corporation versus taking the money as a sole proprietor. And S corp takes what a couple grand to set up? A thousand bucks probably. Sure. This now as a, a tip, don't set up your S corp on LegalZoom. Like hire a local attorney and make sure it's all set up right. If you need somebody in San Diego, DM me, I'll send you her info. She probably could do it all over the country, I would imagine. Probably. Um, so if you need help with entity formation, send me a DM. I'll send you my girl. She's amazing. She can also set up your trust and your LLCs and all the different things that you need. So that's um, on Instagram, at Kyle Whistle. Instagram, at Kyle Whistle. So just on that right there, $100,000 income after expenses, QBI, everything. You can save $9,000 a year just simply by having an S corporation versus taking the money as a sole proprietor pretty powerful. The only negative with this, you can't retroactively do this. Um, 
Unless the one caveat is if you've taken all your money as an LLC all year long and you did not previously have an S election on it, you could do that in December and it would retroact because the entity was in place the entire time. So you could S select in December and take advantage of this for the entire year. But if you don't have an LLC set up already or a corporation, you're basically just going to fix the problem moving forward. You can't go backward. And that $1,000 you pay to a lawyer-ish, 1000 yeah, to $3,000, whatever, yeah. uh, that's tax deductible too. Yeah. So, so if you're looking for deductions, which you are because you're watching this, uh, like, well, I don't want to pay 1000 bucks. Pay 1000 bucks, save nine grand in this situation. So you're up eight grand. Yeah. And that $1,000 you can write off. Cool. Pretty amazing, huh? All right, so that was like six minutes for the first one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a complicated one. We're going to do some more simple ones. Cool. Um, home office. So virtually every realtor works out of their home at some point, um, whether you work out of your home every single day or you, every once in a while, if you, especially if you're renting, more so if you're renting than if you own, um, you want to take a home office deduction. So you could take what percentage of the home are you using for office space versus what is the total cost of the home, and you can take a... Um, proportionate deduction and that is an expense for a home office so that's a very simple one that you can do and, and this is one you can do now right go back and figure through the course of the year how much did you use uh for home office so that's one um that's dining. really easy especially if you have a room set up it's if really, you have a dedicated you've got office, a 10 yeah. by 10 room it's a and thousand it's a, square foot out of a it's a hundred but it's i was gonna say wait a second out of a thousand square, yeah anyways it's fine I stick didn't have to my shooting pretty pictures and I'll do math. Okay? I don't even do that anymore. Yeah, you <laughs> just you make pretty pictures. <laughs> I do math. Um, All right, home office deduction. Home two. office, very very simple one. Um, dining. I mean, every time that you're out, you know, whether like if you and I go grab lunch and I cover the bill, or I'm taking clients out, or things along those lines, like going to an Aztecs game tonight and take people out, like that's all considered meals, and we can write that off. Um, I believe it's currently it's 50% of whatever it was. It used to be able to be 100% during COVID. It went back to 100%. I believe it's back to 50%. But think about that. If you take clients out to dinner and you spend 100 bucks on dinner, that's a $50 write-off. Like, that's solid. That's well, not bad. I mean, and if you're going to spend 100 bucks anyways going out to dinner, and now you get to take a couple people with you, and it's it's free. Yeah. I mean, you, you build I mean, relationships, and, and you don't have to pay extra, so... Yeah, and then for me, I keep a separate credit card just for dining, make it very easy so I can track that. Um, so in addition to the write-off, I'm also getting credit card rewards. And if you use the right cards, most there's cards out there you can get like 4X on dining. Like I use a Capital One um, gold business card. It's 4X on dining. So I'm getting 4X points, and, and those points are worth $2 a piece if you use them properly with Amex. So think about that. I'm basically getting 8 cents on every dollar that I spend in credit card points, then I'm getting a 50% write-off, and then let's say it's a 30% tax bracket. So now that's another 15% plus eight, that's like 23%. So moral of the story, Kyle will pick up the bill and he'll ask you to Venmo him. And uh... <laughs> Oh yeah, you better believe if I can do a big group <laughs> dinner, I am always the guy, hey, I'll put my card down and you guys just Venmo me. I'm happy to do it all day long. Yeah, That's my favorite. Um, I just did it for my birthday. It was great. <laughs> um, with clients, of course. Um, auto. So there's a couple different ways to do auto. Um, the auto cars, vehicles. Auto vehicles, yes. Automobiles. Um, obviously, you could have a car, truck, SUV, whatnot. Uh, a couple different ways that you can do this. If you are purchasing a car, then you can, depending if the size of the car, you guys have probably heard people talk about, oh, 6,000 pounds, 6,000 pounds. Well, if a vehicle is over 6,000 pounds, 
It allows you some uh, beautiful depreciation opportunities out there. Um, so you just want to research Section 179, Section 179. If you're purchasing a vehicle, especially if it's a vehicle over 6,000 pounds, you can depreciate a significant percentage of the cost of that vehicle um, the date that you put it in service. I've purchased vehicles on December 31st before, and I'm able to get a really nice write-off in uh, that current tax year, even though I got the vehicle and put it in service on the 31st. But you get December. credit for the whole... But you get to use it in that tax year. Mm. So it doesn't matter if I put it in service January 1st or December 31st. It's whatever the year that vehicle was put into service is where that tax deduction applies. So ask your CPA for more details about Section 179. Um, but... Uh, last year, if you bought a vehicle over 6,000 pounds and it was for 100% business purposes, you could take the entire value of that vehicle and depreciate that in year one. So if it, let's just say it was a $50,000 vehicle, that's an instant $50,000 write-off. Even if you finance the vehicle, right, you could put no money down but still could have got yourself a $50,000 write-off December 31st. Um, pretty crazy. So that's nice. alternatively, if you don't purchase, if you lease, then you can actually write off your um, lease payments and take some deductions that way. And then obviously if you only have one vehicle and you use it partially for business, partially for personal, you'll apply a percentage to that of like, let's say I use it 50% for business and 50% for personal. So you'll cut everything in half accordingly. It's a hard one to, to prove personal versus business. That's weird. It, it is. And then additionally, if you're going to um, write off on the actual mileage or the actual expenses, then you can um, write off every like every oil change that you do, every gallon of gas you buy, all of that. Or you could do a mileage deduction, which is more of just a flat rate. Yet, I don't know what it is, 60 something cents a mile um, for every mile that you drive. And then you can just track that. There's apps, Mile IQ, Expensify. There's a ton of apps to help you track your mileage. So you really want to make sure you're taking advantage of the auto. Obviously, we're in real estate. Most of us are in the car a lot. So take advantage of that. It's a big a big perk for you. Travel, um, I have on there. I'm going to save my biggest ones for last. Travel's a big one. So anytime you're going to a conference, you should be writing off the airfare, the hotel stay, the meals while you're at the conference, um, all that stuff. That should all be written off. Um, also, if you are traveling if you own rental properties when you go to visit those rental properties um, to check up on them maintain them or you're out shopping for more rental properties or any other investments any sort of travel um, you can write all of that stuff off so make sure that you're keeping a log of that so it sounds like it would be legit if you owned an airbnb say somewhere in tennessee oh, and you were going to go stay there for a week with your family um i mean you're going there for family but you're also absolutely going there to check in on it as anyone that knows Kyle knows, whenever he goes anywhere, he goes, that's messed up, this is messed up, this is messed up, fix it. Uh, so that's that fits really easily. That's not even Yeah, like and if you were like, in a scenario like that, if you were going with family, you'd apply like a percentage to it the same way you do with your auto. Okay. Um, so if you were going to check up on a property and you are there for a month, like maybe you don't write 100% of everything off. Um, yeah. But yeah, and there's people who will intentionally buy properties where they like to travel. So that they have an excuse, oh, I had to fly out there and they can write off all the airfare. Because you could write 100% of the airfare off, right? Because mm -hmm. you, if you were going there to check on the property, 100%, right? Now, if you stayed in a hotel for two weeks and all you were doing was going to check on your property for a day, like maybe you can't write off two full weeks of hotel stay. So again, you, your CPA, it's up to them to tell you how much of it you can claim. That's not my decision to make. Um, that's your decision to make with your CPA. Um, 
So number five is travel. So we have one is S-Corp. Two is a home office deduction. Three is dining. Four is your automobiles. Five is travel. Yep. Um, Number six, family pay. So a lot of you probably have your... Uh, significant other, potentially your kids that are involved in the business, whether they help out at events or um, they're incorporated into your videos or your marketing pieces, your social media, stuff like that. They are participants in the business. Maybe you're, you bring envelopes home and your kids help stuff the envelopes or they sort your mail or things like that. You can pay them. Um, so you can put family on payroll and then you can play around, which will tie into like retirement accounts, which we'll talk about later. Um, but also you can pay your family and they can, there's standard deductions. I don't even know what the standard deductions are anymore, but you could pay your kid up to the amount of the standard deduction, which is, I have no idea, but maybe it's 15 grand. Yeah, I don't, I know. Saying, I don't know why 12,000 is sticking Yeah, let's just, we'll just run with 15. I don't sure. know what the standard deduction is, but if the standard deduction is 15, you could pay your kid $15,000 and they don't even have, not only do they not have to pay taxes, they don't even have to file a tax return. If they're, if they have no tax owed, you don't even have to file a return. Um, so you could pay your kid up to that standard deduction and then the money just goes into their account. And then here's what's cool. Like you, you go travel, maybe you go on like a family trip, your kid could actually pay for like their own airline ticket or they could pay for the hotel. Like it's crazy. Um, they could pay for their own expenses. They could pay for like, if they're in little league and they need new gear and all that, you could use their account to pay for all that stuff. Yeah. Just make sure they don't know it's their account. Cause you're like, you can't eat this. Like why I'm paying for it. Like, Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so take advantage of that, and then we'll, we'll touch on it, too. We'll just go straight into it. Retirement accounts. So um, the most basic retirement account everybody should have is what's called an HSA, a health savings account. Um, you need to make sure you have an insurance policy that um, has a health savings account component to it. But this one, it's just like a 401k. You can put money in pre-tax, but the beauty of an HSA you put money in pre-tax, the money can grow in the account, and you can pull money out pre-retirement as long as it's for medical expenses. So whether you're paying for doctor visits, um, medications, you could even just go to like CVS and you need to buy some Advil. Like you could use your HSA account and pay for that. No, I swear, these Doritos from CVS, that's part of my <laughs> health savings account. Um, so an HSA, now the, again, I probably could have researched the contributions beforehand. It's a few thousand dollars that can go in there. It's not a lot, but it's something and it's a great place to start. But like, that's an automatic one everybody should max out. Then you start going up to IRAs, you can put a little bit more money in. Then you go to a 401k, you can put even more money in. Um, then you go to um, a SEP IRA or a solo 401k. With those, you could get around $50,000 a year into them. So where an HSA is a few thousand, an IRA, let's just say it's 10. It's probably not, but it's around there. Um, and then a 401k is like 20,000. Then you get to a SEP IRA or a solo 401k, you're getting up to like 50,000. So this is where you could start putting money into your retirement, uh, pre-tax, if you choose to, or you could do POT, right? If you're not familiar with a traditional 401k versus a Roth, go do research somewhere and figure it out for yourself. One, you get taxed on the way in. One, you get taxed on the way out. Um, you decide which of those you want. And you, yeah, that's fine. Well, they can do research. Yeah, I, so you, you can tie into retirement accounts. And then alternatively, what you could do now is your kids or your spouse, you could add to their contribution because now you could have money that's going into a 401k for them or a IRA for them or an HSA for them. So with that family pay that we talked about, you could also tie that into one of these retirement accounts and you can start helping your family build 
their retirement up while also saving on your taxes. And these are ones you can totally put together in September or in uh, December. Sweet. All right. All right. Uh, we'll keep rolling where we are. We're at number eight. Okay. We're, we're at 20. 20. Sweet. Um, health insurance. So you can absolutely deduct um, health insurance costs. So make sure that you're doing that. Um, next one, electronics. I don't know if anybody in this room has any electronics they use for business. Um, but your <laughs> electronics, those can all be right off. So maybe one or two things in this room. <laughs> so, you know, if you bought cameras or gimbals or your cell phone or your computer or, 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 right, your iPad, all these things that we buy for business, like those are all write offs. So you should make sure that you're tracking all of that stuff um, so that you write all of that off. Now, the obviously, I- your, like your cell phone, you can't write the entire thing off. Again, it's proportionate to the business usage, but. You know, these, this new phone was like, I don't know, a thousand bucks or something like that. Like, I use a pretty significant percentage of it for business. So that's a nice little write off. Yeah. And what I like to do is when I do my taxes, I just go through my Amazon and go, yep, 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 no, yep, 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 yep. I do a lot of business stuff. <laughs> yeah. For- I mean, the biggest thing I do to help with that is I have separate credit cards. So, mm. personal card, business card. And then I also even break my business into two different cards for different purposes for tracking. Um, so I think it's it makes your life a whole lot easier if you just run separate that makes, cards yeah. for that. And then again, they're all rewards cards. So all these things that we talk about, like travel, right? You're writing the travel off, but then you're getting, like I'm using my Amex Platinum when I book an airfare. And not only am I getting to write the airfare off, but then I'm getting five times points on Amex. And those five times, if you use it right, are worth $2 a piece. So $100 worth of airfare, I get the write off, five times point, which is equal to 10 cents per dollar that I spend. Like you compound a lot of this stuff if you combine credit card hacking with your tax benefits at the same time. Before we get to number 10. I'm gonna add bonus 11, so I'm going 11. Okay, so you wanna do 10 and then we'll do, let's go 10. 10, Um, so this one is, is one of the biggest. We are real estate professionals. We have, they call this reps, real estate professional status, our EPS. We have this massive advantage being real estate professionals. One, we get to insider trade. What I mean by that is a lot of times we know about deals privately that the public doesn't know about. Like that's like insider trading and we can legally buy properties off market that nobody else knows about. We don't have to compete with the public. Like we have unique advantages, whether it's another agent tells us about a deal or uh, we just go meet with a client. The client says, hey, if I if I can just get this number, I'm, I'm happy and I can retire and, and go live in Hawaii for the rest of my life. So if you can give me this number, you can have it. Okay, sir, here you go. Like, happy to do that. <laughs> As you pull your checkbook out. Yeah. Was that with two L's or one? Okay. Yeah. Do you accept Venmo? Like, <laughs> um, so we have this huge advantage. So the biggest thing with this is that um, I'll, I'll give you an example. One was where it really kind of comes to light is I bought a condo in 2012 for a hundred thousand dollars. And then in 2021, I sold that condo for $300,000. So I had $200,000 worth of gain on that. Roughly, there's going to be some expenses, but let's just, for argument's sake, let's say there was $200,000 worth of gain. Now, if I put that money in the bank, now I'm paying capital gains tax on that. I don't want to pay tax. So I'm able to leverage a 1031 exchange, a 1031 tax deferred exchange. So I just take that $200,000 in proceeds uh, plus there was still the original hundred in there. So I just rolled all of that into an investment property. So I avoided taxes 
on all of that gain because I put it into a 1031 account and rolled it into a larger property. So then I bought um, a lake house in Nashville for uh, 900 something thousand dollars with no money out of pocket because I just used all the funds from the condo that I rolled into it. So no money down, paid no taxes on the money. And then that property, we um, did a, we short-term rent it. So it nets probably $60,000 a year, does very well as a short-term rental, which is great. So now it's an income source. And then in addition to that, we did a, uh, you get to depreciate the property. So Is this that weird depreciation thing? Yeah, so this is where... (laughs) there's levels of this (laughs) traditionally you take the value of the real estate not the land just the the property itself you divide it on a residential property divided by 27 and a half and you get to write off that much per year at some point the government just decided hey the useful life of a residential property is 27 and a half years so take the value of the, the the property the actual building itself divided by 27 and a half and write that much off per year so let's just assume it was $275,000 a building you're going to write off $10,000 a year for the next 27 and a half years. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the original way, or that's the most simple way. They call that straight line depreciation. Then layer two is they do cost segregation analysis. So what they do with that is they break down every component of the building. They break down the lights versus the drywall versus the electrical versus the carpet versus the ceiling versus the foundation. And they break every component of it into a different buckets. And now each thing has its own depreciation schedule. So some things are five years, some are seven, some are 15, some are 27 and a half. So they break it into different buckets. What that does, instead of it all being over 27 and a half, you're actually able to push a lot of stuff um, closer to the beginning to much shorter time periods. So you can get more write-offs early, less write-offs late, but most of us want to save on our taxes now, not later. So um, with the cost segregation, you could push a lot of that Um, depreciation forward as opposed to backward. So that's layer two. Layer three is something called bonus depreciation. And the way that works is anything that fits into the 15-year or less bucket. In 2022, you are able to write 100% of that off. Um, So if anything that fell into the um, five to 15-year buckets, 100% of that got written off in year one. Pretty cool. Um, so that property in Tennessee had $154,000 fit into the 15-year or less bucket. That's rad. Yeah. So we got a $154,000 write-off. And then the remainder of the property will still get written off over the 27 and a half years. So I'm still going to get a write-off every year on top of that. But I was able to just push $154,000 to the front and get that write-off all in one year. So what started as a little $100,000 condo turned into a short-term rental on a lake in Nashville making good cash flow on that property. But then I get to wipe most of that cash flow out with a depreciation and then some. Um, it's a really powerful thing. So you're able to use things like 1031 exchanges, cost segregation analysis, bonus depreciation to wipe out massive amounts of, of tax. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if my memory fails me here. I know when I first started with you, you had a, a CPA or an accountant um, and then he, several years in, you decided, hey, I need someone that knows above and beyond. Um, was this one of those things that, that your, official, your first one wasn't helping you with, or was it more and more and more advanced stuff? Yeah, I mean, as your income grows, your level of advisory should grow. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's funny, I posted this about the Buffalo Bills coach. Like, what got you here won't get you there. Um, you know, the, the, People who were helping me set up basic things like a HSA and a 401k were great. 
But now we've gotten into much more advanced stuff with, you know, cost seg analyses and depreciations and a bunch of charities and stuff that I do. Um, that that person who helped me with the four hundred and one k can't help me with these more advanced things. So I'm on my third set of like wealth advisor and CPA that I've had over the years because I've just leveled up, you know, slowly yeah. over and the years. And as you level up, they get more expensive. They get more expensive, but you know, they're putting strategies in place where this year I'm carrying over a significant amount of loss over into the following year because I don't need it this year. I have so much of it because yeah. we've found so many ways to mitigate the taxes. So we still have a bonus one, right? Bonus, yeah. So the, the, the 10 that you've given us, we, we promised 10, we've given 10. Number one is set up an S-corp. Yeah. Number two is do a home office deduction. Three is deduct your dining. Four is your vehicles. Five is your travel. Six is your family on payroll. Uh, seven is retirement accounts. Eight is health insurance. Uh, nine is electronics. Ten is REPS, real estate professional services. Status. Status. Yeah. Um, so this depreciation like thing we talked about, you need to be able to qualify as a real estate professional. You can Google the details of how to qualify, but in order to be able to take these losses against your ordinary income, you have to be considered a real estate professional. Our clients cannot do this. Mm. Um, they don't. They can't earn the status typically. Um, so they can't take these big depreciation losses against their income. Like if they're a physician, they don't get to do this. There is a little loophole currently. If they do it on a short-term rental specifically, they can. But if not, they can only wipe that property down to zero. They can't go beyond zero on that. Where us as real estate professionals, we can go negative on it and cancel out ordinary income. Very cool. What do you got for your bonus? Bonus one. Yeah. So this one I love. Um, this is something that came about. There's this little golf tournament called the Masters. It happens in Augusta, Georgia. And I don't know how or why, but they came up with this rule that um, started there in Augusta where you can rent your house out up to 14 days per year and you do not have to pay taxes on any of the income that comes in from the rental of your property. That's why it's called the Augusta rule. Yes. That's where the term Augusta <laughs> comes from in the Augusta rule. Now, Augusta rules section, blah, blah. I don't remember what the number is. Um, so if you rent your house out, whether you short-term rent that, like maybe I have friends who whenever they go out of town, they rent their house out. That's cool. I mean, that's not my jam. But if that's your jam, if you want people staying at your house, you could do that. 14 days per year. No more. Got to stop it at 14. But you could rent your house out for 14 days a year. Um, the way that we use it is... We like to shoot videos. If you guys have never uh, met us before, we're big on videos. So we do, we call them media days where we invite the team out to the house and we record videos and shoot photos and stuff at my house. So the company rents the house out. And so what's great is I own the house um, in my trust. And so the business writes a check to my trust. And my trust, was the owner of the property, does not have to claim any of the income as long as it's 14 days or less. How do we determine how much it rents it for? We just go on a website called PeerSpace, P-E-E-R-S-P-A-C-E, P-E-E-R-S-P-A-C-E. Find a home on PeerSpace that's comparable to your home. Figure out what the hourly rate is for that home and figure out how many hours you're going to rent your house out for um, and multiply by that hourly rate. And that's your comp, right? PeerSpace is where you find comps for this. So um, you figure out what that number is. We found a comp in my neighborhood for $500 an hour. So the company rents the house out for 10 hours at $500 an hour. It's 5,000 bucks. You could do that up to 14 times per year. That's $70,000 if you max that out. 
an income that you could take without having to pay tax on. And at the same time, the business is writing it off because the business is renting out space. Because whether they rented out my house or rented out somebody else's house, that's a legitimate write-off that you're renting out space to create content. Very common. I got there's a kid on YouTube who's got 20 plus million subscribers in my neighborhood. They shoot content at his house all the time. Um, that's that's not an uncommon thing to rent a house to shoot content these days. So. Um, and then the beauty is we do it with video. So now in the unlikely event we ever got audited, they're like, oh, this is BS. Well, here's the 20 videos we created that day. Um, so nobody could ever actually argue with our usage. It's very legitimate. Now, there's plenty of people who do it illegitimately. We prefer to keep this one very legit. Um, I like how you say this one. I suppose yeah. the other ones. <laughs> I, I hope we keep all of them legit. All totally legit. Uh, but yeah, if I, if I ever got audited for that one, we got a lot of proof. So. That one can be massive, yeah. right? And hey, you there's you could just move out of your house for like the last 14 days of the month and rent it out or you know, figure out ways to utilize this. And I mean, say you don't have a team that does media days, you can still do your- We've done like leadership. our leadership meetings there. You could host masterminds at your house. Like you could do a lot of different things. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so that Augusta rule, that could be a, a massive, massive saver. And there's still time to squeeze that in in December. Yeah, you've got plenty of days for- Film a lot of content, 14 days in a row, <laughs> 10 hours a day. Yeah, create a course yeah. or something. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Well, hopefully this was helpful, guys. This is just this one's a passion of mine as we come into the end of the year. Just want to help you equip yourself with some ways to save some money and not give it back to Uncle Sam. If you put even, you know, I didn't put all these in place in a day. This is stuff that I've built up over the years. So maybe you just put, you know, two or three of these things in place this year and two or three next year and two or three next year and Five years later, you have all these things in place and you're saving yourself massive amounts of money when it comes to taxes. You work hard for that money. I want to help you keep that money. So hopefully this was helpful for you. If it was, if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you can hook us up with a review on there, those reviews mean the world to us. And if you are uh, watching on YouTube, if you can hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying the content. Also, uh, hit the subscribe button, the little notification bell, and YouTube make sure to let you know when we drop new content. And if you have questions, throw them in the comment section. As we wrap up, Brian... Whistle widget of the week, something we utilize in our business, saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. This one has been a big saver for us. Um, obviously, we do a lot with cameras. We do photos. We do videos. Um, what a big stress point for me is always, do I have enough battery for it? Do I have enough charge for it? And we've been doing things where we have a camera set up on a tripod and does its own kind of um, selfie booth type thing, and we're, we have to have the camera charged for two, three, four, five, eight hours sometimes. And so having a bunch of batteries, and if I'm not there having someone to say, okay, take this battery out, put it in, and it causes a lot of stress. So one of the things we did is we actually have a, it's called like a dummy battery. I think on Amazon for this one, it was called a, a DC coupler replace of whatever battery. Um, but if you type in like a dummy battery for your Sony A7S or dummy battery for Canon EOS R5, You'll find them there usually under 40 bucks or under. I think this one we got was for 15 bucks. And what it'll allow you to do is they'll put the battery into the camera and then it'll have a cord coming out that you plug into a USB or usually like a wall charger. And now you can have your battery or your camera charged as long as you have power to that outlet. Um, now, obviously, you're not going to be walking around with the camera, but we use this on our media days. We use this, like I said, when we do our photo booths, we do, we're using it literally right now as we're filming our YouTube uh, segment for the podcast so that way we don't have to worry about oh shit the battery's not charged and, and we gotta do it so um, just look at dummy battery for 
X camera or take out one of the batteries and it's, you know, LPE6, dummy battery for LPE6. You'll find them on Amazon really easy. Cool. The one I got, this is just a fun one. Um, it, somebody did this on my birthday. I thought it was really cool. Um, and so I've stolen this idea, this app. You can take a picture of somebody's face and it will somehow magically make their like head and their mouth move like they're singing and you can like have music go to it and it's just really it's really good but really creepy at the same time is it like it looks like it's kind of like jib jab on crack it's like (laughs) jib jab meets ai like it's terrifying how good it is and it will just take a still image of somebody's face and you can just make them sing whatever song you want um it's really fun to play with but it's just something like you want to send random stuff for like people's birthdays or just to like get somebody's attention is you could take an image of their face, just go on like their Facebook or Insta, take their profile photo, throw it into this app and then get them to sing a song. And I guarantee you're going to get a response from them. So uh, the name of the app is Revive, R-E-V-I-V-E. It is wild. (laughs) It trips me out. Is it free Um, or does it? uh, It's a paid version. It, It doesn't do much for free. They really want you to pay for it, but it is wild. It's a pretty cool app. I'll share one with you after. Here, I'll just play this one. It's a trip. So if you want, it is That's funny. totally wild. Um, check out the app Revive. Cool. All, <laughs> All right, right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.